Buenos dias. Hey everybody and welcome to another episode of How to Build an Empire on Taco. My name is Matt Lashley and I'm the CEO of La Dolce Vapor Company and this is... Zach Nattinger and I am the CCO of La Dolce Vapor Company. Uh, I just wanted to start by apologizing to everybody out there that you know we've taken a couple weeks off of the, the podcast. Um, it's just been crazy getting this company up and running. Uh, you know We've been traveling and, and been on the road to different stores and things like that. But... You know, for all the fans out there, you know, we don't have a lot, but we, we have some. Um, we're going to get back on track. So every Tuesday, we're going to have the podcast back. Um, today is going to be a little bit more, you know, rants and just random topics, talking about our trip, things like that. Uh, next week, we will get back onto a, a real topic. Um, and, you know, that topic is going to be pretty exciting. I think me and Zach are both pretty pretty excited about that one. But, you know, before we get into you know, our trip and, and how things have been going with the company. I just had a question for, for talk over here that, you know, this is the first time I'm asking him this question. So this is all, you know, this isn't scripted. Oh um, boy. <laughs> it could get exciting, but you know, I've read the news lately and I read one today of a, a person that, um, his device blew up on him. Okay. This one was in Colorado Springs, which is kind of crazy because it's, you know, where I live. Um, but you know, what's your viewpoint on, on these things and people that talk about how bad and dangerous, you know, electronic cigarettes are because, or vape devices, um, because of the possibility of explosions. Well, it's, it's obviously user error. So let's say if somebody gets in a car wreck, do you blame the car or user error that the person had a mistake? Depends on the object, right? I mean, (laughs) guns, we like to blame the guns, but we won't get into that topic. But yeah, I mean, you're right. You know, it, it came out that his battery was like five times more powerful than his device was, than was what was supposed to be in the device. And so, you know, when you, when you have electrical components like that, I mean, it's going to happen, right? If you don't use it correctly. Yeah, I mean, it's obvious. It can be dangerous, but if you know what you're doing, you it isn't. You just have to know what you're doing. So I think it might be good to maybe have some online videos on YouTube on how to use vaping devices because I don't believe there are. Just for the people that are just getting into it and don't know and don't have a good vape shop to talk to, I think that'd probably be a good thing to have. Yeah, and I think, you know, the big thing for me and recommendation I would have is, is go into your local vape shop, guys. You don't even have to buy anything there. Just ask them, you know, is this safe for me to use? Um, and if you go into a reputable um, vape shop, they should be able to tell you that. You know, and and so it's better to be on the safe side than to have a pretty much bomb in your hand. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know, because that's pretty much what it is. Um, and so you just want to be safe because they are safe when you use them the correct way. And all this is allowing is the media to condemn our industry. Right. It's them having fuel and they don't they don't ever put in there it was user error. You know, no, you and me, yeah, me and you know that it's user error because we've been around it, so we understand that. But people that just read an article don't don't get that. They just think, oh my god, vape device is blowing up randomly. <laughs> you know what I mean? And yeah. Now, do you think that some of it has to do with you know where they're buying the products, so products from overseas or or things like that, or is it you know purely user error? Um, I mean, it can be. There's a possibility for that. You know, if you buy a cheaply made product, um, I don't know 
per se if clones are more likely or not, but I know they're made with cheaper quality, you know, uh, and not ingredients. What am I? Materials. materials. Yeah, material. That's the word. So they're made with cheaper materials, so that might factor in, but I'm not for sure. Now, for people out there that, you know, aren't into vaping, kind of explain a little bit of the difference between a clone and authentic. Okay, so an authentic is made by a top brand, and whether it's a mod, RDA, box mod, but it's it's a device, and they, they're the ones that first make it. It's really nice, usually on the higher end price-wise. But then in order to meet the market for you know a cheaper product, other companies will clone that using cheaper materials so that other people can afford it as well. So it's a good cause, but it's kind of sketchy because they're copying off somebody else. But you know, it's just what the market is. Yeah, and I don't think that clones have any bigger safety issues. Um, I think it's just lifetime of the product, correct? I mean, I think that it's just, yeah. you know, how quickly is it going to break? Not blow yeah, you know, up. No, it's like it's <laughs> Apple versus Microsoft. You know exactly, exactly. Um, but now, so that was my question. We should do this segment a little bit. Maybe the the taco question of the week. I don't know. We'll think about it. Yeah, I'm uh, down for that. You like that? But uh, yeah. you know, so let's get let's get on to you know what's happened the last two weeks in our company and, and kind of what's been going on. So we got product a little over two weeks ago, I believe. Right? I think about two and a half weeks ago. Somewhere in there. Um, and so, you know, we, we made a couple sales right after we got product. A couple shops here. Um, obviously, Juicebox Vapor in Kentucky picked it up, and, and, and it sold really well there. Um, but, you know, we wanted, to hit, we wanted to hit the marketing trail. So we decided that we should go to Dallas, Texas, because we had heard that was the, the vapor mecca of, you know, the United States. So we packed up, Taco flew out to Colorado, and we drove down 11 hours to Texas, which is a long-ass drive. And yeah, very, very long. A lot of cotton. A lot of cotton. There um, is a lot of cotton in Texas. I didn't know that until we drove. Either. A lot of weird stuff, too. A lot, of, a lot of driving. A lot of weird driving things. You know, school buses stopping on 75-mile-per-hour highways. Just weird stuff, you know? So it was an adventure. It was an adventure getting down there. But, you know, we got there, 11-hour day. It, it, was, it was a long day. We decided to get up early the first day and hit stores. Well, come to find out, they open a little later than they do in Colorado and in Kentucky. And your boy over here, me, did not check that. So we woke up about an hour and a half early. So, you know, it, it, that started the day off well. Um, and then <laughs> it was a struggle that first day, you know, it, it was a different environment. I think, you know, not a bad environment, just different, right. You know, anywhere, anytime you go into different markets, there's going to be different things that are positives and negatives, uh, really professional down there, really business-like a lot of the owners didn't actually vape. So it was strictly about making money for them. Um, so it, it was a lot harder to try to build the relationships. I think, um, you know, we got turned down a lot. So it was a struggle that first day. Um, definitely beat us up mentally, I think. Don't you oh, think yeah. so? Yeah, I was not as hot the second day starting off because of that. Yeah, um, and I think uh, another big thing was is that house juice down there is a lot bigger than it is around here, uh, which I didn't realize before we went down there. You know, we went to a lot of stores, and they were like, well, we don't sell any premium lines. Um, so, you know, that night after after that day one, I had to go back to the drawing board and find stores that – 
actually sold premium juice. Um, so that, that, that definitely is another way we had to adapt uh, is, you know, seeing what the market was like and changing, you know, which is what we've kind of done the entire time, I think, uh, is, is kind of seeing differences, but, you know, have enough confidence in ourselves and our product to adapt to whatever we see. Um, yeah, we're, we're pretty used to adapting at this point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, which is important as young entrepreneurs, you know, adapting is key because we don't know. You know, you talk to yeah. any entrepreneur our age or even people that are, are hundred or are millionaires, billionaires, you know, every industry and every product is different. And so you have to be able to adapt because you just don't know. You don't have a fucking clue. Um, so any guy starting off, know that your plans aren't going to be your plans. <laughs> They're not all going to work out. Uh, but don't get discouraged by that. I mean, I think that any time we've decided to adapt, it's been for the better. Yeah, there's a lot of positives that have come from it, so I'm not unhappy that we did. Yeah, I'm not either. Um, but it definitely narrowed the the store pool down. So you know, we couldn't visit as many shops in Dallas. Uh, you know, the second third day went a lot better. Um, it got a little bit more back to the relationships that we had come to know in this industry. So we we had a lot better days the second and third day. Then uh, we kind of hit everything in Dallas up, you know, because it cut 50% of the stores because 50% of the stores probably sold house juice. So we decided to, to leave early and go up to Tulsa uh, where we were heading for a vape convention. Um, we hit a few stores up there and, you know, we had decided that let, let's just talk to people at the vape convention. So then it was our first vape convention for me and Taco, consumer, business, anything. Um, and it was awesome, you know, I mean, what, tell me what your first impressions were. Um, well, it was a lot of fun, but it was also, I wasn't expecting it to be like the, on the smaller end because, you know, you've seen pictures of the ECC and stuff like that on Instagram and, you know, get these wild images and dreams that you think it'll be, but it, it turned out to be just the same as I thought it would be. It was, it was great. A lot of fun, a lot of good people. I didn't realize that so many different, uh, like, there was distributors there, manufacturers, shops. There was all sorts of people from the vape industry there. And I didn't expect that. I thought it was only going to be juice lines. Yeah, exactly. So that was, that was nice. Yeah, it was. And, you know, we, we met a lot. It was definitely back to the relationship-based industry. Um, you know, juice lines were friendly, manufacturers were friendly, distributors were friendly. We even met a bottle guy that, you know, completely blew our minds that our bottles were, you know, not, you know, they're good. They're top of line of what's out now, but like he showed us improved on some, them, so yeah, they, they showed, he showed us flaws in the bottles that, because what he had done is he had worked with, um, a e-liquid line and developed a bottle strictly for e-liquid. Because the bottles that we're using now were designed for essential oils, so they weren't designed for vape e-liquid. And so he put a lot of holes in, in, in that bottle. And so it made us think about, you know, are we going to change our bottles? And I think it's something we're going to look into. Um, for sure, yeah. Yeah. It was, a, it, was a, it, was a, it was fun, though. It was a, I didn't realize Tulsa was like the vape capital of the Midwest. Well, that and the convention capital of the oh, Midwest. I mean, that's what I, that's what I meant, convention capital of the Midwest. I mean, what, there was a sewing convention going on, a gun convention, the vape convention, all in one area. 
parking was ridiculous. Yeah, we parked out in Nam. Um... Not to mention Billy over here carrying his rifle on his back, you know, up to yeah, that. Was... <laughs> yeah, but, you know, I felt safe. Yeah, oh, I definitely was... felt safe. Yeah, it was definitely, it was an interesting experience. Oklahoma was interesting. I liked it, though. It wasn't, it was, you know, it was a big, it wasn't a big town, but it was, it was a decent sized city, but you still got that, like, southern country redneck feel that I think we all know and love. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But, you know, so that went really well. Um, it, It definitely taught us a lot. We met a lot of good people, learned a lot of important things. Um, we didn't stay for the consumer side of it. You know, we had kind of had enough of standing around for five hours uh, talking to people. But, you know, we were just kind of done. Um, so we decided to, to head out. We got noticed for the first time. You know, Taco over here is walking through and somebody goes, hey, you're with La Dulce. And Taco goes, no, we're not La Dulce Vita. <laughs> and the guy goes, no, La Dulce. And so, you know, it was cool to get recognized for once, you know. Like that's how you yeah. know you're starting to gain a little momentum you know even though we're not in ridiculous amount of stores or have ridiculous amount of distributors we're still getting noticed which is which is big um what is our official uh store count right now five five as of now um four in colorado one in kentucky but the exciting part about that is is we're 100 percent reorders um and so all of them kind of ordered test batches except for kentucky because he kind of knew that we were we were good stuff, but you know, for for us to turn over a hundred percent is is a pretty big deal. Um, so you know, I'm excited about that. And and in this industry, it's a lot of they have to. They're so it's so saturated. They got to make sure we're the right juice. Um, so getting into stores is going to be a time consuming thing, but it's going to pay off. It's going to pay off, and it's going to be a lot easier now that we have an award winning juice maker over here, Taco. He took oh, a yeah. clean sweep of Spin Fuel's Choice Awards this last week. Um, five out of five stars from every reviewer on every flavor. Um, so that was huge, you know, to to get four different people that all thought that we had some top-notch juice. And so if you guys want to check out that review, it's at SpinFuel, um, F-U-E-L, Fuel, um, dot com. Uh, and and we're, on, we're on that front page of our review. And it, it's a good review, guys. They, they, they reviewed it pretty thoroughly, um, which was good. So it was very, very in-depth. Mm-hmm. We also have, if you guys are checking out another, um, want to check out another review. It, it, Darren Mitchell did one. He's a YouTube reviewer. Uh, and, you know, just search Darren Mitchell, and his page will come up. Click on his page, and, and our link's there. Uh, but he, he had a really nice review for us as well. So it's good getting these reviews, you know, it's, I know Taco's getting a little impatient over there with not having a distributor, a hundred stores, but you know, it's all time, right? And so, you know, you just got to be patient and, and it'll come, it'll come. Um, and I think that's hard for any entrepreneur. It's hard for me, you know, I try to be the the rock back here and tell them, you know, be patient and it'll all come. But, you know, I get impatient as well, but you know, it's, it's something that will pay off in the end. Um, and we just got to keep pushing, keep grinding. Uh, and I think it, it helps him when he, you know, gets these awards, you know, I, I don't want to speak for you, but, you know, go ahead and speak about what it's like to win an awards like that. Oh man, it is surreal. Like when I first make it, started making this juice, like 
I just thought it was okay. I thought it was decent and good. But then when you get, you know, a top-notch review like that that just says you blew it out of the water, it's unbelievable for me. It's like living a dream. I can't believe it's actually happening. Yeah, and it's not a small-time review, guys. Like, it's not like a, a small-time e-magazine. I mean, they they get 400,000 hits a month to their website. Um, you know, and that, that's pretty big time for an e-magazine in the vape industry. Uh, so they're pretty well known out there. Uh, and they gave us, they gave us great reviews and, and it's exciting. It's, it's good. You get these little boosts, right? Because, you know, I went from having a day that was just terrible trying to figure out all this merchant service shit. That's just ridiculous. But you know, you go from that to the next day getting these awards and, and these kind of things. And, you know, it just shows you how quick things can change in the business world. You know, one day you're having a terrible day. The next day it's a phenomenal day. Um, and so just stick in, stick with it, guys, because one day you're going to want to quit, and one day you're going to be on the top of the world. <laughs> it's a roller coaster, right? I mean, from the very it beginning, is. it's been a roller coaster, you know? So you on our own theme park or something. It's for sure, for sure. Um, but well, why don't you uh, go into this merchant servant issue we've been having? Explain that a little bit for the viewers. Yeah, okay. So, you know, I'll begin by talking a little bit about what merchant servicing is. Um, it's... You know, anytime you swipe your card, uh, any business you go to, they they have a merchant servant that um, processes that card. So they they take a fee off the top. Um, usually, it's between two and five percent uh, to be able to process that transaction from the credit card. Um, and I've been having a hell of a time finding somebody that will will take vape products. You know, a lot of them will take it in the retail stores, um, but they won't online. And one of those reasons is age verification. Um, a lot of them just don't want to deal with that. They don't want to deal with, you know, us possibly selling to minors, which isn't a deal for us because we're selling to businesses. So the majority of them are, are above 18. But the other problem they're having is is that, you know, because it's such a saturated market and people see that the money is to be made, people are throwing up brick and mortar stores all the time. And then they try to charge the credit card and it gets denied. And so it's just a lot of hassle for them. So it's been tough because, you know, anybody that, that is wanting or will accept us is either a ridiculous rate of like 10%. They want $10,000 reserve to pay any sort of damages or anything. Um, and so, you know, for us, that's, that's not really possible, right, as a new business. Um, so, you know, all the, the big guys won't, won't accept us. Um, so it's definitely been a struggle. You know, I spent today with 25 phone calls. <laughs> Only one said yes, but, you know, I still got to see if they're a scam or if they're a legitimate. Because there's so, it, it, when it comes to money, there's so many scams out there. And that's what entrepreneurs have to be careful about as well. And read reviews about companies. Anytime you're doing anything with banks or or any sort of payment processors or anything like that, you got to take the time to research these people because... There's so many scams out there. Um, you know, I, I found one processing company that would accept it, and I was like, sweet, they had good rates, they had all this stuff. I read the reviews, and it was not good. <laughs> it was not good. Um, and so, you know, just take the five minutes to Google them. I mean, that's why we live in uh, a time period where it's so easy. We just are lazy. Yeah. Um, well, I think patience is a big thing on that because, you know, if. Yeah. You know, we've we've had to wait on so many things starting this business and 
you know, if we had jumped the gun on certain things, it could have ended up biting us and research them. Don't jump the gun because it might be the downfall of your company. Exactly. I mean, you get into a situation where, you know, you're getting scammed by somebody financially. I mean, they could steal tens of thousands of dollars from you. And when you're a startup company, you can't afford tens of thousands of dollars to, to just go missing um, or to be withheld from you. Or, or there's just a lot of them out there, a lot of scams. Um, and so just be careful. Read reviews. Take the time. Google. Google, Google, Google. It's a great resource. Um, you know, but it's, it's, it's been fun the last two weeks, you know. It's, I've learned more about business in the last two weeks than I learned my entire life before that. And it's long days, long hours, frustrating work, but, you know, if you truly want... I think it's I think it's in the blood, man. You know, Andy Frisella talked about that. You either have it in your DNA or you don't. Um, because there is such a big risk in this. I mean, it's scary. Oh, yeah. It definitely is. For anybody, it's scary. I mean, you're dumb if, it, if it's not scary. You're just naive. Um, because there's just so many things that can go wrong or so many reasons why you shouldn't start it now. And I think that if you really want it and it's something that, you know, you've just been dying to do for so long, just take the risk, you know? There's yeah. The... You have to take the risk, but you also, you also have to put the time and effort into it to help further it along. Because you can take a risk, but then get fucked over in the end because you didn't put the time and effort in. That's a good point, man. Cause you always got to back it up. Exactly, because it's a lot of work. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that it was easy or that it is easy. It's a lot of work. There's a lot of thrown items around my room, um, especially today. Uh, but, you know, it'll pay off. You know, and, you know, for everybody, I, I'm going to go on another real rant here. Um, it, it's business related. But, you know, I hear people all the time, they're like, oh, you work for yourself, you, you get to make your own hours, and, and all this other shit, and it's like, sure, I get to choose when I wake up, but it's from when I wake up till midnight, one, two, three in the morning, you know, um, so it's not really, you know, you got two different lifestyles, you got your lifestyle of, you gotta punch the clock at nine, get off at five, you always get told what to do, um, but it's safe right? You, you, you pretty much always have a paycheck coming in if you're with a reputable company or you have your ton of hours. Um, but you don't have to listen to anybody, you know, it's, it's what we want. And, you know, there's a lot of risk to it. Uh, but there's also a lot of reward because the real money's made by working for yourself. Um, oh yeah. You, you're never, That's for sure. Yeah. You're never going to make the same kind of money working for somebody else. It's just not going to happen. Um, but there's a reason for that. You know, there's a reason why people that, you know, you guys from Mark Cubans and your Steve Jobs and all those guys is that, you know, this isn't easy. You can't be a free, people that, you know, compare fry cooks to CEOs and tell people that CEOs jobs are, you know, it doesn't really take that much to run it. You know, it's, it, it, we're at the smallest scale possible of running a company, right? We have no employees. We have no warehouse. We have really none of that stuff. And it's still really really hard so just imagine 1500 employees and 75 locations and you know everybody's job is relying on you um their livelihood is relying on the choices that you make uh so that's when it irritates me that people try to say that you know that whole difference between what a ceo makes and what a fry cooks makes is too much you know i mean i don't know 
I don't really want to get in the whole politics of the whole $15 an hour wage, but we'll Did you see on. that uh I read this article today that they made a machine that can make 10 burgers a minute? Yeah. Okay, so this is this is the thing, right? So when we talk about I'll get into the $15 an hour fry cooks real quick. Um, you know, with McDonald's, you know, these fast food workers want to make $15 an hour. Okay. When it was seven twenty-five an hour, it wasn't economically viable for McDonald's to automate those systems. It was cheaper for them to pay someone seven twenty-five to make a burger. Okay. When you jump to $15 an hour, it's cheaper for McDonald's to automate their entire system. We've seen it overseas. So what people don't understand is that they're just going to fire people and automate their systems. And because big corporations and people that know how to make money are going to make money. Um, and they're going to figure out ways to cut those costs. Because it's not viable for their business to pay people $15 to flip a burger. You know, for $15 to flip a, a, a dollar menu burger. You know, so people don't understand that they're just going to fire people and automate every system. Yeah, I never even thought about that. You're right. Yeah, if you... From a business standpoint. Yeah, if you... If you're doing a job a computer can do, you shouldn't make $15 an hour. You know what I mean? And it's true that that that's what caused McDonald's to start. You've seen it across the country now. You know, in Seattle where they're paying people $15 an hour where that whole law went through. McDonald's has automated their entire systems so that they just don't, they don't need people. They don't want to pay people $15 an hour. But... I'll go off. That was my rant. So, <laughs> you know, right. I'll end the rant there. But, you know, moving forward here, guys, you know, next week we're going to talk about the difference between projectability and potential, which has been big in our business, I think. Um, but we'll go into a lot more detail next week about that. So definitely tune in. Um, I think that'll be a really good episode. Uh, really good business stuff. You know, a lot more, a lot more meat and potatoes, you know. Yeah, the meat and taters. Um, <laughs> there we go. That's right. That's right, man. Um, what do you got for me, Taco? What do you got for what me? I have for you. Yeah, you know, we got another ten minutes here. What questions do you have for me that I can instill knowledge into these people? Well, if you're just gonna put me on the spot, I mean, wow. <laughs> um, um, why don't you talk about, um. What's the online thing we filed for to start the business? Are you talking about like actually becoming a corporation? Yeah, incorporating your business. Explain that a little bit so people know. Yeah, we haven't we, we haven't even talked about that yet, have we? We haven't. Yeah, you're okay. right. All right. Well, so that's sorry guys, that's, you know, bad on us, but All right. So, anytime you're starting a business, guys, there's there's a whole bunch of, of licenses and things you need to get. Um, whether it be wholesale licenses, retail licenses, um, you actually have to file as a business so that, you know, nobody else steals your name. Um, the IRS can come and take your taxes cause we know they love taking taxes, uh, all of that stuff. So there's two ways to do it. Okay. There's an easy way and there's a hard way. Um, the easy way is going to be more expensive. Uh, but it's definitely, if you're not, if you're not in tune with how to start a business and what paperwork you need to file, it's the way to go. Um, I used uh, LegalZoom.com. There's different there's different websites that do it. 
but you just type in all your information. You type in who your partners are. You type in, you know, what stake or equity they have in the company. Uh, you fill out all this other paperwork, and they get everything that you need uh, between, you know, your your articles of incorporation, all that different stuff. Now, what you want to do on top of that, guys, is, you know, you want to write a contract. Um, we did it. Uh, just stating stating stuff that you know the not com the no compete clause um and for for people that don't understand what a no compete clause is uh so let's say in our instance right if taco were just to go matt you're a fucking idiot i'm gonna go start another company he can't do that for a certain amount of time um and that's what the no compete it's so that you don't just fly off the handle leave and try to start a competing company now that's not forever that's you know six months year whatever you want to put it as um, and so that's in there, you know, any sort of, you know, if prenuptial agreements from the standpoint of, you know, let's say Taco gets married, um, and he's married to Gold Digger, uh, she can't take half the business. <laughs> um, so stuff like that. Uh, so it's all about protecting yourself as yes, yes. an individual and as a company. Yes, because, and you want to do that in the beginning, guys, because you don't want the emotions of, you know, you're angry and all this stuff coming out and then... You're just trying to screw each other over. So in the beginning, when it's all happy honeymoon type deal, you know, you want to protect not only yourself, but each other, right? Because you take the emotion out of it. So you can think logically, you can think, you know, is this makes sense to put this in our contract? But you need contracts, guys. Um, and that contract has to be notarized, has to be signed, all that legal shenanigans. Um, and then comes your licenses. So... You know, you're either a wholesaler or a retailer. You know, when it comes to wholesalers, you got, you know, you're selling business to business. That's what the wholesaler is. Um, and then your retail is, you know, stores that sell to consumers or you're selling straight to consumers. Um, retail licenses usually cost a little bit more, um, a little bit more paperwork, um, a lot more taxes. Uh, your wholesale license is pretty easy. You know, you came and got it with me, right? We went to the Department of Revenue. Um, yeah. It was pretty easy, other than the stupid person in front of us that had a million questions that she could have Googled. But, <laughs> yeah. You know. yeah. Again, Google is a great Google tool. is a great tool, guys. It not only saves you time, it saves the rest of us time waiting at places. Okay? Really, use it. All right? It was created for a reason. But... You go back, so, that, so LegalZoom will take care of all that. They'll, they'll incorporate you. They'll make you legal with the state. They'll, they'll do all that stuff. And what else is good is that, you know, in, with LegalZoom, they give you like a month, I think, of consultation with attorneys. So they have attorneys on hand that you can call and ask any sort of questions, um, which is good, too, because it doesn't bother me. So I don't have to wait in line for that behind you. So ask them whatever you want to ask them. Um, you also, uh, you get a cool little booklet that has all your paperwork in there. Um, but then, yeah, so it's it, it, it's pretty much just making you a legal business, and you have to do it. Uh, a lot of people kind of overthink that. They're just like, hey, I'm going to start selling shit. Um, yeah, I, I did not know that when we first started. I thought it was going to be making juice and just selling it. I had no idea all the legal <laughs> fees and terms and paperwork we had to get done. Yeah. So, yeah, it's good to have. It's good to have. And, and pretty much all that paperwork, guys, is one, to protect your company so nobody else steals your name, and two is to collect taxes from you because um, you know let's just be clear the government loves their taxes so you know that's 
pretty much what that is. Uh, you know, and guys, don't get yourselves into trouble. Um, pay your taxes. You know, you see it all the time. These people starting companies up, and they're they're like, "Oh, I'm gonna fool the IRS, and I'm gonna do this," and you know, leave the loopholes to the big corporations. All right, you know, the guys that pay their people a shit ton of money to find loopholes. Um, the IRS is pretty smart. They're gonna get you. Uh, we all hate them, but you know, it's their job. But uh, yeah, so definitely, just just be legal. Just do it legally. Uh, that's all I got for that, for that section of the, uh, the Q and A. Um, all right. You got one for me? One for taco. Okay. When you're, when you're making juice, right? What, this my dad's going to hate this fucking question because it's giving away trade secrets, but do you, what sort of senses do you rely on to, you know, is it strictly taste? Is it smell too? Like what, what kind of things do you? you go off of so and you don't need to go into like making it and and stuff like that we don't go we don't want to give too many trade secrets away but just like what senses do you use um taste is definitely a big one um after i mix a mixture of flavors i first you know smell it then i drip a little on my finger and taste it and after that, then I'll vape it a little bit. And that's the first day. And then I'll let it steep and, you know, check it again and make corrections if I need to. So yeah. it's, it's smell and taste is probably the biggest one. And, you know, I didn't realize how important it was until we kind of talked to people about this. But the aroma it gives off after it comes out. So, like, the, it's not really so secondhand vape. I guess is what you call it. So, you know, the smell that, that everybody else smells around you. Um, apparently, there's some juices that smell really, really bad. <laughs> and I didn't realize that. That was a new one on me. Yeah, I mean, we were talking to one vape shop owner, that Perfect Alternatives up in Parker. And he was talking about, like, a coffee flavor that, you know, was great taste, um, vaped well. But then everybody around him thought they were, you know, vaping on bo and dirty socks <laughs> well that must so, smell nice yeah smelled great smelled great um but yeah guys so i think we'll cut it off a little early this week so we don't rant too much for you um we don't want to just go on and say random stuff but you know definitely tune in next week guys uh a lot more meat and potatoes a lot more of the, you know actual business stuff uh definitely try to leave us a review on itunes we'd really appreciate it uh, if you have any questions, obviously contact me at Lashley at LaDulceVaporCompany.com. doesn't have to be about our juice, any business sort of stuff in general. Hit me up. I'll try to answer it the best I can. Obviously, I don't know anything, just like every entrepreneur, but I'll try to point you in the right direction or, or somebody that does know. Um, follow us on Instagram at LaDulceVapor, Twitter at LaDulceVapor. Um, go read that article online. Uh, anything I'm missing, Taco? I think you covered it all. I think we're good. All right, guys. Well, everybody have a great week, and we will uh, see you next Tuesday. Peace.